Last night when I heard in the second reading, greet one another with a holy kiss, I turned to Sister Pam and said, maybe we should have everybody do that at the beginning of the homily, to greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, so maybe if you were sitting next to a stranger, you'd be greeting someone, a stranger, but maybe your family or whoever it might be, but we won't do that. <laughs> now, on Friday night, actually, speaking of kisses, we'll get into a homily at some point, but on Friday night, uh, I was at a wedding reception, and, uh, you know, typically at the wedding reception, you'll clink the glass, and then the uh, bride and the groom will kiss at the head table. Well, this bride and groom decided to do something different. They only clinked once, and then what they had was a jar of Hershey Kisses in the back of the room, and whenever you wanted, casually, you'd go up and you'd take a kiss, and there were two colors, gold and silver. So if you got a gold one, then you took it up uh, to the couple, and then they would kiss. But if you got a silver one, you would have to kiss someone on the way back to your seat, maybe a stranger or a family member, whoever it might be. Now, you know, so I was getting ready to make my escape like I normally do from these things. And all of a sudden, as I'm standing up, someone comes from behind and gives me a kiss. So. They had gotten a silver. <laughs> so this whole idea of the holy kiss, I think, can be an image of God, because God is love, and so the kiss is a sign of our mutual affection for one another. But I don't wish to preach on that. In our liturgical celebrations most recently, uh, we've been celebrating special feasts, we brought to a conclusion our 40 days of Lent and our Holy Week, our Triduum, with the celebration of Easter Sunday, which we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and just a few weeks ago we celebrated the ascension of Christ into heaven. That after Jesus had risen from the dead, he went and returned to the Father, uh, bringing with him our human nature into the heavenly realm. And just last week, we wore red and we celebrated the Feast of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit in the early church upon the disciples who were gathered in the upper room. So these two, these feasts really that we've celebrated recently, the resurrection and ascension and Pentecost, deal principally with the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, and the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit. That made me wonder, well, why don't we celebrate God the Father? He doesn't seem to have a feast day, but perhaps it's because today this feast of the solemnity of the Holy Trinity allows us to focus also on the Father, on this trinity of persons, one God yet three distinct persons. And so to think of God the Father today, every time that we gather for Mass for the celebration of liturgy, we always invoke in the name of God, and we always do so at the very beginning of Mass in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So at the very beginning, the Father is mentioned in that sign of the cross. And as we continue throughout the Mass, for example, in the Gloria, there's a praise to the triune God, to Father, Son, and Spirit. In our opening prayer, we address God the Father, and then we conclude our prayer through Jesus Christ in unity with the Holy Spirit. Our preface before the Holy Holy and our Eucharistic prayer are directed to God the Father, but also with the Son in the unity of the Holy Spirit. And so, really, this is the model of the Church's liturgical prayer. 
not only at Mass, but also in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, because the words of absolution say, God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit. So we have that Trinitarian language, but also the reference directed to God, the Father, who sends the Son in unity with the Holy Spirit. So this is a model, I think, for prayer that the church proposes. We also could look to the example of Christ himself, who in the scriptures prayed. He went away in solitude, and there he prayed to his Father in silence. But when we hear Jesus pray in the scriptures, we get a glimpse into how he prayed. For example, in the garden he prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass, but not my will, your will be done. Or from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. So Jesus constantly refers and prays to his Father in heaven. And when he taught his disciples how to pray, he taught them to pray, Our Father. St. Paul, a person from the early church who we hear many of his writings week in and week out, in one of his letters he wrote a prayer in which he addressed, you know, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this model of prayer for Jesus, for the church, for Paul, is always directed to the Father. So I think that's a good thing for us maybe to think about. How is it that when I pray, maybe at home in my personal prayer, how is it that I pray? To whom do I address? Do I principally pray to our Savior? Do I pray to Jesus, asking him to redeem me, to set me free, to lead me, to guide me? Or do we invoke the intercession of the Holy Spirit, asking the Spirit of God to be with us and to speak in and through us and to lead us uh, in our daily life? Or do we direct our prayer to God the Father as the church prays, as Christ prayed, as Paul prayed? And so just something to think about our own personal prayer life. Now, I think sometimes people might hesitate to call God Father, and that might be for a few reasons. The first, I think, would be maybe in their own life, they didn't have a good relationship with their father. Maybe the father figure was absent from their life, maybe abandoned the family. Maybe the father had a lot of vices, maybe excessive use of alcohol, maybe a temper, something that, you know, wasn't something that was appealing. And because we have that experience of family, we then have directed it towards God, to the father, But also, maybe there's something that we've done in our life that makes us feel unworthy of God's love. Maybe that we can't approach God the Father in prayer. And so maybe we don't even pray at all because of that. So how do we pray? Do we address God as Father? Now, if our experience of our own parents, our own fathers, was not a good experience, we know that our scriptures today tell us who God the Father is. For example, when Moses in the book of Exodus saw the Lord, he said that God is slow to anger and rich in kindness. And also in our gospel today, it said that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that all might have eternal life. So God is slow to anger, rich in kindness, full of love. And so really the perfection of any imperfection that maybe we had experienced in our own lives. So as we celebrate this Trinity Sunday, it's a good opportunity for us to reflect on our own personal prayer. How is it that we pray? And maybe sometime this week to address a prayer ourselves, maybe a personal prayer to God the Father, through Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. 
because that's the model that the church gives us for prayer and something for us maybe to incorporate into our own lives as we continue to delve deeper into this mystery that we celebrate today, the mystery of the Trinity of God who is Father, Son, and Spirit.